0: Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses Podcast. I'm your host, Monique Hamm. On this show, I interview amazing, badass women that are crushing it in, in the real estate investing or finance money space. And I am super excited today to have here with us Somebody who um, I really admire, actually, I was on her podcast recently, Alain Alsin, um, who is a, a fellow Haitian American, and uh, I was on her podcast, The Financial Griot, and uh, she's the self-titled 9 to 5 CEO, world traveler, and financial enthusiast. She's increased her net worth by 40% by eliminating consumer debt, investing, and becoming a homeowner. Her story on going from less than 3000 in retirement savings to a positive net worth of over $100,000 is, is amazing. She's been featured on CNBC and Bankrate Media publication websites, gaining attract, att- attraction on financial literacy tips and strategies. After a tough money conversation with a friend that changed her money trajectory, she is now on a million-dollar path. After spending three years in South Korea and traveling Asia and Europe, she's back home in the U.S. now. And but the world is never too far. She's, she's back to take on life's challenges and teach others how to simply change your trajectory to earn the success you've worked for. Welcome.
1: Yay. Thank you, Monique. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. I love, I love the fact how you say griot like the the, the real way, griot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you got to say it with the accent. You know, sometimes people are like, griot, what's that?
0: Like it's always a, it's something a, delicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's,
1: it's always an explanation behind that story. But thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, and Creole's it's a Haitian dish. Um, yes, yes, it's, and it's, it's, a, it's
1: it's is a really uh, delicious <laughs> Haitian dish with uh, deep-fried pork. You have your fried plantains. You have your um, lettuce. Um, you get rice. It's, it's so much a mixture you can do with griot, but it really. Um, yeah standardized with the pork
0: or yeah, the real is turkey. a deep fried pork and it's yeah delicious. it's good <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome yeah. so what made you come up with that name the financial clio
1: yeah it was just really on play on words you know um just coming up with my friends with lawrence uh the other co-hosts as well as lovely mardellis and um, we're, we're just on Zoom, just chatting, <laughs> like we're doing right now. And we're like, yeah, we're going to do this podcast. Like, what's, what will be our name? And we're like, it has, it has finance, but we have to kind of connect it to our culture and the lineage, right? So we're trying to come up with all these things. We're like, you know, financial Haiti or financial, like we're just trying to say all these things. And just Lauren just kind of threw it out there and said, Grio. And we're like, Grillo? And we, we kind of think of it like we were starting off saying with griot is the dish, right? It's a Haitian dish, famous dish, the deep fried pork <laughs> um, and a turkey, um, if you will. But griot is actually, if you look it up, is, is, is stories, is a orator, right? And um, during slavery time, um, we all used to come together and share our stories while we're eating. And that's how a lot of information was shared. That's how a lot of um, things were um, passed around uh, in terms of sharing information within those stories. And that's that's really essential what we do on the Financial Gria podcast. We share our stories, but within those stories, you, you kind of get this gem, <laughs> what we call it, right? And these actionable steps that kind of encourage you and inspire you to do better. And it's all surrounded around, of course, money.
0: I love it. I love it. It's a great show. So y'all have to check it out. So I know that you, you you got you you know homeownership buying a house was a big part of you know shifting shifting your um, what happened with you financially. So I'll I'll go back even further because you went from three thousand dollars to over a hundred thousand dollars, and you also talk. Um, you know, when I shared your bio, there was a very important conversation that you had that really shifted your trajectory. So tell us, like, tell us a backstory. What happened and. How did you, how'd you make that huge shift?
1: So I always I always thought it was this aha moment. You know how Oprah Winfrey said these aha moments, but I call it these uh, nuggets that became an aha moment all together collectively, right? So um, traveling to South Korea, I taught English right after college. I decided to do the nomad <laughs> for uh, a few years. And while there, I just kind of gained a sense of trust In myself and to kind of take on challenges because you are leaving, you know, the country, you are born and raised in the U.S. You know, I'm a Florida girl and just going to a different part of the world. That's something totally different. Right. And learning a new culture, learning the language, trying to get around. And what I noticed was with um, Korean culture and Asian culture specifically, is they really focus on education, but they really center around their children and their family, really uh, deep rooted family values. And I see how much the parents and even the students um, I had at the time um, just value and respected their parents and their family and really work hard. In terms of education to be the best, (laughs) no matter what it was, just try to strive and be the best. And I kind of took that in things I was observing and saying that I have challenged myself now to, you know, embark on this new journey. What can I do better? So I start writing these things down when I was in Korea. And so, like, you know, I really need to get my money <laughs> matters together. And um, at the time, you know, I had my friend uh, Lawrence um, when I was um, in Korea. He was still here in the U.S. We were college friends and he was posting on Facebook when Facebook used to be the thing. Right. <laughs> he was uh, fo- posting on Facebook, really being transparent um about, you know, his net worth. And I think at the time it was like negative 80, 100,000, I don't know what it was. He had like these massive student loans that um, he was accumulating uh, going off to master's, trying to get his higher education and such. And he was just like really being transparent about like understanding how money works. And um, while he was posting being transparent, it kind of inspired me to see how can I focus on myself while I was in South Korea to really work on my money management. Because um, the best thing being a um, English teacher while working abroad is a lot of your accommodations are covered in terms of expenses, like huge expenses. Right. Um, When it comes to housing, if you're sponsored by the school or the government, they will give you like a stipend and that's covered for the entire year. Um. Usually, what you will have to cover through your um salary is like a phone bill, maybe like water, lights, that sort of thing, whatever. But the huge, you know, the accommodation <laughs> for housing is mainly covered. And if you are a teacher, you know, you get free lunches. That's the <laughs> that's the great part about that too. So um, morning l- lunches, as well as um, I'm sorry, morning you know breakfast, as as well as lunches was, were covered. So I started really noticing how I have this great opportunity to kind of optimize, you know, the money I was making. And quite honestly, it wasn't as much. It was what I was making in, um, the U S but, um, it was, it was what you actually keep <laughs> after Not all your just expenses, what you make that matters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. After all your expenses are set and done, you know, you're paid. Like I, I had a lot of money and like, Going back, just cross referencing to uh, Lawrence and looking at what he was doing on social media, it again it encouraged me because I think at the time I was preparing myself to become a better person. And I think that I wanted more control. And f- control for me was not only like kind of, you know, rooted myself to another country. You know, challenging myself, but I need to kind of like step in to those deep, uh, rooted issues when it comes to money. Like, how did I fall into all these collections? How is my credit score like, you know, like just crashing six, 500, right? After graduating college. So I really started taking a lot of stock of my life. And this is like what, 23, 24 years old before I was 25. And doing that, I start like taking down just like to-do lists. It's like my credit score it starts happening. Like, what is my credit score? How much collections that I had? I didn't realize I had medical collections from, you know, high school. <laughs> I'm like am like, what is this coming from? Right. So those are things start to make me more aware of what was going on in my money. Like, so doing that and coming back from um, South Korea and just paying off just just some small debt I was doing in in South Korea, my collections, anything along those matters. It it, it started really just putting that perspective in that, um, I'll say the fire (laughs) in me. So um, traveling different country, meeting incredible people coming back reconnecting with Lawrence, reconnecting with my other friends. I'm like, hey, I like what you're doing. I like how you've been transparent. So we went off to this conference together. I kind of, you know, accompanying him. It wasn't my conference. You know, you kind of like crash like, hey, I have an extra, (laughs) you know, extra bed if you want to come. So it was one of those things. And we just had a great conversation at dinner to say, what is your net worth? And being in South Korea, I was doing all these cool things and paying off stuff. I'm thinking I'm in control, right? (laughs) No, I didn't know what the net worth was. (laughs) You know, I I thought like, well, I don't know what credit commerce says. Like maybe it's negative. And I kind of knew what the net worth was, but I was really ashamed to tell him, even though we were really cool and, and really close. Right. I was really ashamed to tell him because there's something about talking about money And I think is a level of vulnerability that you have to shed and you have to show to people because it shows that not only you're irresponsible sometimes, (laughs) it shows that you don't have control. It shows that you're irrational. (laughs) Right. And it shows that, you know, you're fake, you know, and that's how I felt. I felt like me not having control of my money, me not you know, being responsible, the big age that I was, I felt revealed. And it took me time to reflect on that conversation because I knew it's something that I had to change. And it took that conversation for me to realize, to say that I know my net worth and I'm going to be transparent to share with others what my net worth, but I first have to acknowledge that with myself that I had a negative $52,000 net worth, including student loans, other bills that I had. And I had to really take control and acknowledge, okay, this is what has happened. I know this now. What do you do, right? Moving forward. And I think I start to just push forward and create a plan for myself. First for me is create, you know, eliminating consumer debt. I didn't know I had a spending problem. I think... A lot of people may write off, you know, spending problems and issues and say that it's an income issue. And for me writing things down and tracking my money, I wasn't tracking as much like I like, hey, pay it off, you know, paying off things. But once I start tracking and managing my money, I can honestly say it wasn't an, an income pop problem. It was a spending problem. <laughs> you know, this is what 2014, 2016 or something like that along those lines. I was making less than $50,000 as a single woman. I felt as though I just wasn't making enough because after the fact of the expenses and everything that was um, being paid, I had little to nothing in my name, and paying off credit cards credit card that kind of reoccurring cycle where the same credit card that I paid off, I'm putting another two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars on it the following month, and it kind of created a cycle where I am continuously you know, um, being subjective where I need my credit cards. Right. So eliminate consumer debt and kind of really pushing forward of how I can apply systems and practical steps to get me to a point where utilizing my 401k, utilizing the things that are accessible to me to get me to that point, practical strategies and tips. And that's what I did. And those things um, led me, you know, a few years later, to become a first-time homeowner in 2020.
0: Wow, there's so much there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, that's that, but yeah, it's that's an incredible story. I mean, I, what I I heard the importance of awareness, just knowing, like the tracking, knowing where your money is going. The problem, of the real issue being not just what you make, but what you get to keep, what you keep. That makes a difference. Though keeping in terms of your expenses, keeping in terms of, you know, like, I often think about that too in terms of the taxes you pay, but keeping also in terms of not overspending, which was uh, something that I suffered with. Make, I was make, I had a good salary, and I it was so easy to spend it all and be left with nothing at the end of the month. So, um, yeah, all of that, just getting that awareness and tracking your money, make such a big difference. So, you're you went from this negative fifty two thousand to now over a hundred thousand net worth. Tell us a little bit about getting that first house.
1: So, me purchasing my first house was a um, not only just just satisfying, right? It was it was just everything all together, but the The climate in itself, because it was in the height of 2020. This is the end of 2020. I purchased my home, and at that time, um, here in Florida, they were purchasing homes like hot pockets, <laughs> like every, like some some places were sight unseen. People were purchasing homes, but in in the in the midst of that, I wasn't discouraged because I was actually more motivated. I was historically just receiving these great rates that we never heard <laughs> in entire you know, U.S. history of housing markets, right? So I thought that, okay, if one house didn't work out for me, then I could just continue looking at other homes. And I didn't want to fill the, the need like others in 2020 to rush <laughs> into a home. But I always, you know, like pray to God and, and I focus on what I needed and say, if it's for me, then it's for me, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll be, I was very specific what I needed to do, going through the pre, pre-approval pre process, um, knowing my budget, knowing um, the down payment, where I'm going to retrieve the down payment form for, from, as well as knowing how much I want to pay monthly, <laughs> right? So I, I, I knew exactly what I want. And my agent, my uh, real estate agent at the time, he said, like, you're like one of the easiest <laughs> clients I <laughs> ever had right a woman that knows what she wants the goddess right yeah I I went I went through that process and I will honestly say writing down things is so magical I I can't stress that enough there's there's something in terms of writing things down uh the pen to paper maybe you're, you're you know Restating it in your mind while you're writing. I'm not sure the connection there, but um, th- there is something magical of, you know, writing things down because the same things that I wrote that I wanted my home, I got under 200,000 where I was getting my money. Um, I wanted to close at a certain time. Like everything I wrote down, I actually got. I want a house that was up to date, renovated. Like I received everything that I wanted and I didn't settle for something that I did not want. If it didn't attract (laughs) to me, if I didn't feel it (laughs) in my spirit, then I wasn't going to do it. Right. Um, and it was a seller, it was a a buyer's market at that time. So I didn't feel the need to rush. So I closed on my home in November. Wasn't, I'm sorry, October, end of October, 2020. I moved in, in November at that time. It, it, I was just so happy. It was the holidays and, you know, I was in a new townhouse. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) <laughs> I was just excited, <laughs> right? Um, and, and just for me being a single woman, it was very—it um, wasn't difficult, but I think I was um, relying too much of a, of others' opinions. Because you have some people saying, "Well, you're not married, yet, you don't have kids. But what if your your future husband has a house? I'm like, well, he's not here yet. So <laughs> <laughs> let me let me focus on what I have control over. So th- those things kind of got to me from time to time by kind of just. Um, my eyes was on the prize of getting a home because I feel like at any point, especially when it comes to women in real estate, is that honestly there no there's no lose situation when you own a home. You will always be a winner. Always be a winner. It's, it it has setbacks, of course, with financials and things that you have to renovate or have to buy. I get that, but there's always winners when you are owner. And I always thought that if I'm in a position where I own then I'm always in a position where, you know, I have a home, a stable home, stable payments. I don't have to worry about a landlord. I don't have to worry about eviction or any of those things. So you're you're in a position where it's better for you in the long term than it's not. So um, with home ownership, it was it was a great time, but it came crashing down very fast, too. (laughs) I closed my home in November 2020. I got laid off in December of 2020. Like literally a month later, before Christmas, I got laid off. Immediately, it, it, it I was scared. Like, what do I do? Like, how can I move forward? And and again, I'm I'm, I'm a writer at heart. But I think like with me writing things down and me interpretate interpreting, you know, my feelings and trying to get things out is a way and a me how I you know talk to God, how I talk to my angels to kind of guide me. Right. So after I kind of soaked, <laughs> and the anxiety and the grief, like what the hell am I gonna do? <laughs> right. I released it and I wasn't sure. Well, not necessarily I wasn't sure. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I know for certain I was gonna be okay. Um, the hardest part for me was getting the home. I got the home. <laughs> um, no one can, you know, take away my home. I'm in the home, I'm in a stable environment. That's the you know, minimal thing you need is is a home. You know, a lot of people are here, just really struggling without proper home accommodations. And I'm blessed to say that I have a home. And those are the things I had to remind myself. Okay. And then I
0: had, to, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. so you got your sister to move in, or your sister? Yes, in, exactly. Right? So it, it it worked out it was rent- and start renting for me. So you exactly, could- it it worked out perfectly
1: because um, I actually bounced back pretty fast. Um, I um, got a job like. I think less than 90 days or something my sister moved in so it it, it worked out perfectly and I think sometimes when you're in the uh, thick of things and you're constantly looking so much into the negative you're not realizing the positive and'm I'm, I'm a very just a firm thinker of, of thinking positive even even if you're feeling unsure of the positive thinking. I tried to really tap into the energy of thinking positive because my sister was scheduled to move in, in a few months and it just happened to be around the time I I got a a new job making more money actually. So it, it really worked out, but those are the just ups and downs when it comes to either, you know, home ownership or just life, you know? And I think with a home again, once again, it's stable and it's it's a place that you know no one can really take away from you. No matter what is going on outside of the world, you always
0: have your house. I'm gonna ask you a question because I find that we get we learn so much more when things don't go right than when they do. So when you're talking about thinking about your your money, your financial journey, your investing journey, what would you say was your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it?
1: Definitely, when I was starting off getting my money management in order, paying off debt that that, that I mentioned to you when I was in South Korea, I was paying off old collections. Like, 10 years old (laughs) that was still on my credit knowing what i know now that money would have been used for something else (laughs) you know like what i definitely know now in terms of uh financial education and literacy it it would have definitely been used for something else but uh, again it it worked in my favor um but it's it's something i would never you know suggest and advise if if this collection over five years like "Mm." Do you really want to start over that track for collection? So that's something I would definitely do over if I could. And secondly is not investing early enough, you know, just being scared. When you think about home ownership, uh, I mentioned to you, I've been living alone for quite some time. You know, I'm 33 years old now. So I've been a renter before I purchased my home. I've been a renter. If you want to clue South Korea, you can, I guess. I've been a renter for literally half my life. So that that has to be 15 to less than 20 years, you know, being a, a renter from college up until now. Just, you know, renting, renting, renting. And we don't think about that time frame. <laughs> you know, over a decade of renting where we're looking at a home, how time just moves so fast. And I think people or young people per se, get afraid of making this huge investment of a home to say that, what if this happened? What if that happened? (laughs) You know, like, what if I have to move? The average person typically stay in renting in the same place, especially if it's a good price, right? It's hard to find like great rentals. If it's an average of three to five years, some people stay like longer. So those three to five years, you could have been investing in your home. And I didn't look at how fast time goes. It's like, you're just paying off your mortgage. You're paying off these things. And I look up and it's like, I've been a homeowner over two years now, you know? And I'm just like, I, I wish I would invest sooner, you know? Knowing how easy it was, you know, for me renting. You know, it's 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 more responsibility. I'm not gonna sit here and say it wasn't. It's more responsibility. Of course, you have to have your P's and Q's in order in your um your documents. But if if I took that same mindset that I have now and applied it to the time that I had before, you know, I probably would have been two or three properties in by now. You know, um. But we don't look at the the time frame of that, and I'm, I'm and I'm just like thinking that logic of, you know, that decade, I could have been a homeowner. But I think it's just the fear. And a lot of people my age
0: wasn't doing it. Well, when you know better, you do better. You but do better. <laughs> exactly. That's a common answer to that question. It's like, I wish I'd gotten, my biggest mistake was not <laughs> my biggest I haven't gotten in the game sooner. Or the flip side, what are you most proud of? I think
1: I'm just most proud of my growth. You know, every year I get better. Every year I gain more enlightenment and <laughs> perspective of my life. Um, I'm just happy I'm able to connect with, you know, incredible people like you. Um, I have a successful podcast, financial, um, The Financial Grio, and just really uh, sharing, you know, information, practical tips and strategies where people can um, position themselves and be more encouraged when it comes to their money management. So I'm proud of that. I'm proud that I'm becoming the person that I always needed when I was younger. I love that.
0: And to what do you
1: attribute your success? I want to be snoo dog right now and says myself.
0: <laughs> well, what about yourself?
1: <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> you can say that, I, but you know what you,
0: specifically about yourself?
1: You know, so I just want to thank myself. Um, I, not specifically myself, I would say what what it, it, it takes a community. I'm not going to say it, it's solely myself because. I, I, I took on the challenge, but it took people like Lawrence, like my best friend, Holly, or, or uh, Lovely, my co-host of the Financial Grio. It took their guidance and their perspective in my community and my network of people to help me and guide me. I think a lot of people, and I can speak for myself, is I'm extremely ambitious, but I was misguided, you know? Um, it's a lot of things I could have done better, but just being misguided. And it took me to, you know, travel to different countries and live in different places and come back with a, a better mindset and, and wanting and desiring to be a better person. And I think I attracted a community who wanted better for themselves as well. And who was doing better. So they helped me influence me to become the woman that I want to be. So they really inspired me every day in my family.
0: What do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know?
1: Ooh, that's a lot. <laughs> um, it's definitely just you know challenging fear, really tapping into uh, fear and looking over you know the other side. I think too. I think for me, I was selling too much into fear and too much into what ifs. You know, if all these things gone wrong, what if I didn't go South Korea? What if I didn't purchase this home? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? You don't put enough energy into what if it does become successful? And it, it just took me a long time to get over fear. And I just wish that um, I had enough, you know, that courage to get over it as uh, soon as i could because i think i waste a lot of time and energy thinking i wasn't capable or i wasn't good enough to do any of these things um and i think uh, a part of that is not seeing enough people that looks like me or t- you know talk enough to me to say that you are able and you are capable so for me it's definitely um getting over that hump over fear because on the other side of that is a better
0: person it's a better you All right. Before we get into our famed end of show Trinity questions, I want you to share what is the best way for people to connect with you find out more about you and what you do?
1: Yes, absolutely. So they can connect with the Financial (laughs) Rio. The Financial Rio podcast is on Every uh, podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, we're even on YouTube. Yes, we're on YouTube. No visuals yet, but you can definitely hear us. <laughs> um, we're we're on YouTube, but you can follow me on my personal IG handle at Atlanta underscore. Um, And I'm on YouTube as well. My own personal brand of YouTube where I share strategies, tips and personal development. That's something that I love. um, And I love to share different um, things and different strategies to help people kind of grow and evolve into a better person um, because I know those things has helped me um, in the past and continuously to help me as well, because it's more about money when you think about it. You know, it's about control. It's about your um, habits and behavior. So. I tap into that as well. So check me out on YouTube.
0: Awesome. All right. So now it's time for our Trinity, which is a brag a gratitude and a desire. So what's one thing you're celebrating right now? What's your brag?
1: My brag right now is we just been officially nominated. (laughs) The Financial Gria. We're uh, semi-finalists on the Haitians Who blog a uh, creative um digital award so um is being nominated for podcast of the year so i will be sharing that pretty soon so everyone can vote for us <laughs> for podcast of the year so that's something i'm super proud of because we're a new yeah we're a new podcast i'm really happy that we're being recognized
0: what so what's the podcast again what's the uh the platform again where you? oh the platform
1: is uh Haitian's who blog so Haitians it's a, blog. yeah it's a okay. digital uh content uh, awards. So, yeah, we I just received the email yesterday. So, I just, well, you know, send well out the information. bragged.
0: Thank well you. bragged. <laughs> and what's one thing you're grateful for?
1: I, I guess life in general. Every day I, I I thank God. And I always say this is thank you, God, in events for whatever opportunities, wherever love that has um, opened for me and whatever uh, blessings that awaits me. So, definitely just life. Thank you God, in events. Grateful.
0: Beautiful. And last but not least, what's one thing you desire?
1: One thing I desire. hopefully my boyfriend is listening to this <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not about to put him out like that. No, one, one, <laughs> one thing one thing I truly desire is having uh, sharing my story and sharing my perspective on a bigger platform. Um, maybe, you know, TEDx or anything along those lines and just speaking more and really putting myself, um, out there. And, um, I it I want, I desire to reach more people and masses of people, not only that look like me, but people that are discouraged people that don't think they're able and capable. And I hope my story and other stories be able to help them and encourage them that they are able and they're deserving.
0: Wonderful. Well, so shall your desire be, or so much better than you can imagine. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you so much for for being here. Y'all, you can connect with Alenta, and it's A L A I N T A. So she's on Instagram at Alenta underscore Alcin, uh, YouTube, Alenta YouTube. You can find the Financial Grio podcast. Um, and definitely check us out at reigoddesses.com. There you can connect to the to all our social, find out about our e- events, our our programs, our classes, our in, uh, investor club. And definitely subscribe and like this podcast. So you can so you can never miss another amazing real estate investor goddesses podcast interview. So thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye.